Hello and welcome to the Ernest Gikuma Show, where we explore life success principles using the best-selling book of all time, the Bible, right here on SG1 Radio. Now, the show is a combination of thought-provoking, life-changing, and encouraging messages prepared with you in mind, as well as some of my favorite gospel songs from various artists so that we can enjoy the show together. Now, I believe together we can find biblical solutions for some of the challenges we are facing spiritually, socially, mentally, psychologically, and even financially. Now, previously we have talked about finance. Uh, we have talked about family, bouncing back in your family, and also bouncing back in your faith. Now, if you have missed any of those shows, you can check uh, some of them. up. definitely uploaded on my YouTube channel. Just go Ernest Gikuma on YouTube and you can find them there or you can go on my website, ErnestGikuma.com and you can find some of this material there. You could also go to uh, uh, sg1radio.co.uk. That's www.sg1radio.co.uk and you should be able to find some of the material that I've shared uh, on this topic, on some of these topics with yourselves. Now, before we get into today's meaty stuff, I have a quote of the day. I love quotes. I don't know whether you love quotes, but I think I love quotes, especially for some of the people like Mahatma Gandhi, from whom I have today's quote about prayer. He says, quote, prayer is not an old woman's, woman's idle amusement. Properly understood and applied, it is the most potent instrument of action. Prayer is the most potent instrument of action. Are you ready for the action for today? Now, today we are talking about prayer. Is it important? And we looked at Mahatma Gandhi who said, prayer is the most potent instrument of action. So if you know, if you know there's a friend out there who probably, you know, you've discussed about prayer before and they were not convinced, guess what? This would be a good time to invite them uh, to come and listen the show with you. Anyway, so let's get into today's topic, prayer. I'm going to start off with definition because sometimes people think that we don't pray or some people have a, a religious view on prayer. Some people have um, a, a sort of a, a twisted view of prayer and some people think they actually do not pray at all. So what does the Oxford Dictionary say about prayer? And it says it's a solemn request. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or another deity. It also says, a religious service, especially on re a regular one, at which people gather in order to pray together. Now, this is a very interesting one. It says, an earnest hope or wish. An earnest hope or wish is also considered or defined as a prayer. So let me ask you this. Do you still think you don't pray or someone tells you, I don't believe in prayer? Well, if they hold an earnest hope or wish, then guess what? They do pray. So my, my conviction is, Every single human being prays, even children, because they have deep desires. They have honest hopes or wishes. Now, whether you believe in God or not, or you believe in yourself or whatever, you have a way to pray. So what beliefs, what do you believe about prayer and how important do you think it's uh, or, or is prayer to yourself? Now, personally, I was trained uh, through traditional and observation that prayer is a religious ritual. Okay, how about you? I don't know about yourself, but you may have probably come from an Islamic background or a Hindu background where prayer is something very special or, a, you know, Christian. So prayer in, in, in community, it's a very acceptable form of worship. 
Now, in my case, I struggle to see the results in my prayers. I don't know about yourself, right? When I immigrated to the United Kingdom and found myself alone, lonely, depressed, with no one to turn to, I thought, I st- or so I thought, I started questioning everything. Now, my methods were failing, okay? Um, I turned into drinking, and, and I was doing all sorts of kind of things to distract myself from the current scenarios or circumstances I was facing. And the only way uh, was, for me, uh, was for me to redesign the way I understood what prayer is about. So I started looking uh, through books, through videos and seminars to try and develop myself and my understanding on prayer. And I became a sponge of, top, of this topic because I was committed to change my life. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going through. But if you really are struggling and you want, you want a breakthrough, you know you deserve a breakthrough, you desire, you have that earnest wish for a breakthrough in your life, then guess what? I would invite you to actually go into this mystical journey of this ritual called prayer. So I started following directions. I started uh, participating in church rituals, thinking I was the problem. I needed deliverance. However, since I was continuously seeking and asking and knocking, I started seeing the scriptures from the Bible. I had read many times before. I had had preaching over them, but I did not really understand. So then I stopped listening to too many people and focused my attention on the biblical teaching on prayer. I would soon discover that prayer is actually a psycho-spiritual exercise that all humans engage in, whether consciously or unconsciously. It's a psycho-spiritual uh, exercise whereby we use our mental and, psycho- uh, and psychological faculties to change the world within us and hence uh, we change the world outside. Religious prayer is almost like begging the deity to intervene in your current circumstance, right? Uh, deeming one person powerless, okay? You feel powerless because you're depending on this other entity. Christocentric, Christocentric scientific prayer is the process of manifesting the desires or images you hold within that are within your heart because God has put certain desires within yourself. And focusing on them until they actually become something physical, something tangible. So the change happens from inside out. And that's the nature of prayer I would want to invite you in, where you can now start thinking how to change your life from inside out. So when you pray, or how do you pray? How has your journey been so far as far as prayer is concerned? Who do you learn to pray from? Who taught you how to pray? What kind of results are you getting with your prayer. So let's continue with this conversation. We're talking about um, what is it important to pray? What does prayer mean to you? Is it just a religious ritual, a strong wish or heartfelt desire? Or would you agree with me that indeed it is an exercise whereby we use our mental faculties to change our inner and outer world? How do you pray? How should you pray? Is your prayer riddled with repetition? What do you expect before, during, and after prayer? Do you approach prayer as something special, as a language that you use for a dear one? Do you have a vision as to why you are praying? 
If God showed up, this is a good question. If God showed up just before you, just after you closed your eyes, would you say or use the same words you're using in prayer? If not, then why do you pray in that way? If it's just about you uh, fulfilling a, re- a religious ritual, why pray? Okay? Um, now, I love the, a book called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Wattles. It's one of the most amazing books on personal success you can ever read. Go on Amazon, go on Google uh, and find it. In fact, send me an email on anisgikuma at gmail.com and I'm going to f- send you a, a, a copy of that book, an e-copy of the book. Now, he says, I love this part. He says, the answer to prayer is not according to your faith while you are talking, but according to your faith while you are working. Let me ask you this. Do you pray just in the morning when you wake up and then off you go to work? Or do you walk and pray at the same time? He continues and says, you cannot impress the mind of God by having a special Sabbath day to set apart to tell him what you want, and then forgetting him during the rest of the week. You cannot impress him by having special hours to go in your closet and pray if you then dismiss the matter from your mind until an hour of prayer comes again. He continues and says, Oral prayer is, uh, prayer is well enough. And has its effects, especially upon yourself in clarifying your vision and you strengthening your faith. But it is not your oral petition which gets you what you want. In order to get what you want or to get rich, you do not need a sweet hour of prayer. You need to pray without ceasing. As in, you have to be praying continuously. How do you do that? That's got to be laborious. He continues and says, And by prayer, I mean, this is what he means by praying continuously or without ceasing, holding steadily to your vision with the purpose to cause its creation into solid form. And that faith, uh, and, and the faith that you are doing so, or it is coming to pass. And then he quotes the scripture. From the book of John, it says, believe that you receive them. Believe that the vision you have, believe that that prayer, that intense, earnest desire you have in your heart is actually coming to pass. That is scientific prayer. That is Christocentric prayer. If you believe in your heart that that which you're asking for is coming, then you have faith and by sure, by assurance, from the master himself, you will receive it. Let me ask you a question. Do you pray without ceasing? Or do you pray like one who's got prescribed medication where you take your pill in the morning and then you set an alarm in the afternoon, you take another one? Is this just a ritual? Or do you invest within yourself? What do you see when you are praying? Do you visualize it? Do you feel the energy? What images do you hold in the eye of your mind when you're praying? Remember, it has to be heartfelt. If it's not heartfelt to you, how would you expect the creator of the entire universe to respond to you if you are not feeling the energy and the power within your prayer? 
So, Wallace Waters, by the way, he wrote one of the best books on personal success called The Science of Getting Rich. And he says, in order to get rich, you do not need a sweet hour of prayer. You need to pray without ceasing. And by prayer, I mean holding steadily the vision with a purpose to cause the creation uh, into solid form. So to go from the ether into the physical, tangible manifestation of that thing that you're believing for. And faith, and have faith that in doing so, you will actually receive it. Now, let's have actually the first scripture of the day. John chapter 15, verse 7. John 15, verse 7, and he says, uh, reading from the Amplified, if you, if you live in me, this is Jesus talking, about, uh, t- talking to his disciples. He says, if you live in me, which means abide virtually united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. So when you listen to that scripture carefully, the Lord is saying, if I, if I earnest, if I dwell in him, if his word dwells in me, which means I become one with his word, then I shall ask anything and it shall be done for me. Now, when you read the entire chapter, you see that, 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 that Jesus was encouraging his disciples or his, or his followers to abide in his love, to abide in his will, to become the word, as in, spend enough time meditating, thinking upon, visualizing, feeling the word until you become Christocentric, that Christ becomes the center of your prayers, of your desires. In your quiet time, okay, in the morning, sometimes people do uh, quiet times in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever you do your quiet time, do you engage your imagination according to the law of God, according to the law of love? Or do you just let it run wild? Or do you let your emotions take advantage of you? Do you let the worries of the day rule you? If you will get to the place where prayer is scientific, or you're praying scientifically, you will need to align your desires with his desires because he has your best interest at heart. Now, St. Teresa of Avila said, for prayer is nothing else than being on, the, on terms of friendship with God. That is beautiful, isn't it? Prayer is nothing else than being in terms of friendship with God. Now, this cannot work for you if you don't believe. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. You've got to have that honest desire that whatever you're desiring is possible. If you believe, literally, Jesus himself said, to those who believe, nothing Nothing is impossible. So when you pray, do you seek a friendly God or do you pray to a God of wrath and judgment and condemnation? By the way, how do you even approach your God, the deity that you pray? How do you approach it or him? Okay. Now, uh, the God who created the entire universe, he made you and me in his own image. So when I pray, he has told me to go in with boldness go boldly approach the throne of grace boldly so my uh, my attitude the way i approach prayer is very fund fundamental is very important in whether i am actually going to get a result or not so when you pray do you anticipate love based victory or do you hope that you uh that you, your your god will probably you know feel sorry for you and maybe this time help you out think about it 
when you go and ask God for a sign, are you actually asking God to test him or do you believe? Do you truly believe? We looked at finance last uh, uh, two weeks ago and we have been invited to test God in our finances by paying our tithes and bringing the offerings to his place of worship. When you approach prayer, do you even have that confidence? Let's continue in how then, how then not to pray. Okay, how not to pray. If you go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6 from verses 5 uh, to verses 8, it says, Also, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray publicly, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Do you pray for sure? I assure you, most solemnly say to you, they already have the reward in full. I'm reading from the Amplified, by the way. Uh, but Verse 6. But when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do. For they think that they'll be heard because of their much words. Number 8. Verse 8. So do not be like them, praying as they do, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Father, we ask that you give us wisdom and knowledge to understand this scripture. How not to pray? Jesus tells his disciples, number one, do not pray like the hypocrites. Who is a hypocrite? A person who feigns or fakes some desirable or uh, or publicly approved attitudes, especially one whose private life, opinions, and statements uh, belie his or her public statements. So these are individuals who say one thing in public and do the right opposite in private. Do you believe what you are praying? Like as in, if really God showed up when you're praying, would you be like, yes, yes, Lord, do this for me? Or would you go like, "Uh, I'm not so sure why I was actually saying that? So, let's see again how not to pray. It is not about you showing your spiritual or how articulate you are in using words or even scriptures. Right? Just do not pray like the hypocrites. That which is done in secret, okay, eventually comes out in the open. He tells his disciples, when you are praying, go in your quiet place. Reside. Go and hide. Well, that is when praying without ceasing comes in. And then he says, do not pray like the Gentiles. Now, who are the Gentiles? The Gentiles are those individuals who do not have a covenant with God. So you had Jews or Hebrews who who were the children of Abraham, and they had a covenant with God. This is not Gentile because they are Jew. This is Gentile because they have an understanding of a covenantal relationship between them and God. So because Jesus himself rebuked the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they told them, if Abraham was your father, you would love me. By saying so, he equated them to non-believers or to those who are Gentiles, those who are not part of the covenant. So let me ask you this. Do you have a covenantal relationship or understanding with your God? 
It's not about the quality of your words or the quantity of your word, but rather the, uh, the sincerity of your heart that matters. It is the covenant relationship between you and God that causes you to be heard. Now, he also talks about being specific. Do not use too many words. Because the more you speak, sometimes you will get, you lose meaning. You know, if you're like myself, you probably used to pray all sorts of prayer. And sometimes I'll listen to myself and think, uh, I'm not so sure I should be saying these things, but heck, it is my hour of prayer. So let's learn to pray scientifically. And then he says, in the Father, if the Father knows what you need, it seems like prayer has more to do with you than it has to do with God. Because he told them in verse 8, Do not be like the Gentiles or the hypocrites, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So then the question is this, how does the father know? He put, he, he put those desires within you. Well, if they are righteous, how do you know your desires are righteous? Well, compare them to his word. Are they from a love perspective? And this is not the Eros love, but rather the agape love. Do you know, that, do you know what you want? Start from there. Do you know what you want? What are you? What did you pray for this morning if you went to church? Day Sunday is Sunday afternoon. Did you go to church at all? When you prayed, what did you pray for? Or why did you even pray? Did you pray because you were asked to pray? Did you even believe in what you were praying if it was a corporate prayer? Do you listen to what you ask? How do you ask? Do you ask just from your mouth like a child who says, can I have that? And you say no. Or do you continuously um, with an attitude of gratitude, request. Make your request known to God. How do you pray? So we've just looked at how Jesus taught his disciples how not to pray. So let's get on into the key parts then. How should I pray? How should we pray? In the book of Mark chapter 11, verses, uh, from verses 12 to 26, it reads, On the next day, when he left Bethany, he was hungry. This is Jesus. Verse 13. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he would find anything on it. But he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, him talking to the tree, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening to what he said. Verses, uh, we skip to verses 20. In the morning, as they were passing by, the disciples saw that the fig tree had withered away from the roots up, 21. And remembering, Peter said to him, Rabbi, which means master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. He had just cursed the tree the previous day. Verse 22, Jesus replied, have you um, have faith in God constantly, 23. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, in God's ultimate power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done unto him according to God's will. 24. For this reason I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance to God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and you will be given and they will be given to you. 25. 
Whenever you go standing praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your transgressions. Okay. Now that is uh, the scripture from the book of Mark, verses uh, chapter 11, from verse 12 to 14, and then from 20 to 26. And there we can see Jesus instructing his disciples on how to approach this awesome topic of prayer. And he tells them, whatever you believe in your heart, without doubting, if it is within God's will, it will be done to you or for you. He says, it's that sacred place, that innermost being in which you pray. That is where your faith is. Again, faith is not something physical. It is something uh, psychological. It is a spiritual uh, principle. Right? So we can see here that the disciples had seen Jesus speak to a fig tree or rather look for fruit the previous day and then he spoke to the tree and then the next day as though by magic the tree had dried. That's a very high level of faith which tells me that Jesus walked without any shred of doubt about God. He knew God for himself. He walked as God on earth. And he also said something very supernatural. And he said, if you believe, this is also possible for you. But the question is, do you believe? Do you actually believe in what you are praying? How do you pray? How do you approach this topic of prayer? Behind closed doors, train yourself to shut the noise in your head and follow the breath of life. Uh, of life. Mindfulness is a fantastic principle. Mindfulness, being present where you are, holy, as in the full of you, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Being present, that is a very good exercise because it's praxis, where, you exp where you're trying to practice the thoughts and the feelings in your physical location. With, uh, pray with expectation. Are you praying in line with his kingdom's desires? That is what he called righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom and all its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. His way of doing is what is called righteousness. Now, if you are a believer in Christ, that he came and he died and he rose again, by your faith in him, you have now been made the righteousness of, of God, which means God is waiting for you to rise up so he can teach other men and women how to walk with him. Do you pray with faith? Do you believe? Do you have a deep conviction and desire to see that those promises that he has written across the scriptures manifest in your life? Do you believe in the power of positive uh, affirmation? What kind of foods do you eat? When you pray for, do you give thanks for your food? Or you do, are you afraid that someone might poison you? Because that's a different mindset altogether. And as we come to a conclusion of this wonderful long topic, let me just highlight a few things that we have discussed. We've said that the way you pray is important. 
we've looked at Wallace Wattles' uh, The Science of Getting Rich, where he summarizes it, you do not need a sweet hour of prayer, you actually need to pray without ceasing, which is in line with John, uh, the book of John chapter 15, verses 7, where Jesus was teaching about uh, us abiding in his word and his word abiding in us, and consequently us, if we ask of anything, it shall be done unto us. So, what can you take away from today's lesson? I have three points that I hope, among other things, that you ought to remember, or at least we could remember. So, number one, why should you pray? It is a form of communication and fellowship with the, uh, or friendship with God, right? Prayer is, is something that, that is private. It's a special thing. Number two, how should you pray? According to the righteousness of God. Because he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So therefore, impress you in your mind, in your conscious and unconscious mind, the desires of God. How do you know the desires of God? Love is the number one desire. For he said, a new commandment I leave unto you. Love your brothers and sisters as I have loved you. For there is no greater thing than a friend loving or giving his life for a friend. So love one another. And number three, what shall I pray for? What would you ask for? Let his kingdom come. So can you imagine, if you are a king, how would you want your kingdom to be like? How would you like your citizens to live if you had access to all things? And that you can start imagining how wonderful a dream that God has for you and me. And I hope that today you have enjoyed the show and that you look forward to actually entering into your next moment of prayer. In fact, we have been praying throughout because we've been impressing upon our, our unconscious mind the beautiful images of success, of love, of growth, of advancement. And I hope this has left you with an impression of increase in every area of your life. Once again, I want to say thank you so much This is uh, for joining me today. This is Ernest Kikuma coming to you live from the SG1 Radio. Now, next week, we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer, our Father who is in heaven, because within it, we can glean and we're going to mine all the good nuggets from it. So remember to join me next week right here on SG1 Radio, where we are going to explore biblical principles in every area of your life.